Today's podcast is brought to you by Company Cam. The only app every painter needs, Company Cam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with your crew no matter where you are. Company Cam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy to use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners, with galleries and project timelines, all from your smartphone. Company Cam, the only app every painter needs. Check it out at companycam.com slash paint radio. That's us, paint radio, companycam.com slash paint radio. Or check them out in your app store. Company Cam, the only app every painter needs. Welcome to Paint Radio with your host, Emily Howard and Andrew Dwyer. APC podcast, which stands for the American Painting Contractor on the Paint Radio. That's what we do. I'm Andrew. Emily, when you send, and of course everyone knows this, but it bears repeating, Emily is the brain trust behind this podcast. And so <laughs> she creates these wonderful topics or comes up with these great topics and she finds the perfect guests. She also creates the outline. And Emily, when you send me the outline, one thing I have to do I have to do a find and replace, and I have to find all of your uses of you all and change them to you. Really? Yes, because you like to say, what are you all seeing? How are I you like all doing? Say, <laughs> I say y'all. <laughs> do you think you really say y'all? I do. I'm from Virginia. The northernest state that thinks it's southern. <laughs> Would you it's agree? Okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's beautiful, though. Virginia is for lovers. It's a beautiful place. It is. It is very nice. Speaking of beautiful. That's right. Segway time, everybody. Gather around the radio. Let's segue into the APC podcast. Today, we're talking about marketing because, good Lord, marketing is everything. We're always interested to hear new ideas, new concepts, new strategies about marketing. And so today, we have with us Matt Tebow. He's the CEO of Savant Marketing Agency, savantmarketingagency.com. He's got a new book out that we're going to talk about. Matt, thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me, guys. Heck yeah. So, Savant Marketing Agency, you work with contractors. Give the people who are not already familiar with you, what do you do over there at Savant Marketing Agency? Yeah, basically what we do is we help residential contractors with their lead generation and sales process. Pretty simple. <laughs> Got to fill that funnel, right? Yeah, pretty much. And then so, you have to figure out how to actually like close those people. And Plenty of things to figure out. And we're going to figure out a few of them today. I think we're going to talk a lot about price objections. That's sort of the focus, hmm. as Emily tells me, and she reminds me I need to focus. So today we're going to focus on price objections. Matt, what are some of the most common price objections or what form mm -hmm. do they take? Well, I would say just like right off the bat is a lot of homeowners would be like, wow, that's pretty expensive. A bit of sticker shock, maybe, right? <laughs> or you get kind of another type of answer. 
after you present your quote is like, okay, um, we're going to have to think about this. And then you never really hear from the person again. Yes. Right? Matt, were there any others? I would say that those are the main two is like sticker shock. I need to think about it. And then where people might kind of be like, wow, that's a lot more expensive than like the other guy. Right. <laughs> and so just being uh, not on the same page, maybe is a better way of saying it. Well, I mean, that is as a homeowner. I mean, I have to say there's been more than once when a contractor came in. I don't think I'm ever not stunned by the price. Like, honestly, <laughs> whether it's high or low, I can't think of a scenario where I wasn't surprised. Do you and show so, that you're stunned or do you hide that? Do you gasp? I try to hide it. I don't. <gasps> no, I save that for the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, I try to hide it. But I've almost come to a point in my life where I just expect to be surprised by what I'm going to hear. And a lot of that is because you just, as a homeowner, you really have no idea what's mm -hmm. involved in getting a lot of these jobs done. And two, now I think that this is changing, but I do believe that in the past, it's been challenging to really decipher the difference between a high-end contractor and sometimes a low-end contractor. Now, that's not always the case. There are definitely instances where that's not true. But there's a lot of cases where you can pull in three contractors and get three unbelievably different prices, and you really don't know why they're so different. So that's a little insight from the homeowner's side of things. But when you're positioning yourself as a high-end painting contractor, somebody who does really good work and employs people who are skilled craftspeople, and you know that your price is going to be higher than some other people in maybe your area. What are some things that you can do from a marketing perspective to begin to set up that this is not going to be your cheapest bid should you get many? Yeah, well, I think you really hit the nail on the head, Emily, when you said that it varies for different contractors. And a lot of the time homeowners will be like, well, I don't know exactly what a good contractor would look like right before they actually see the work like how do i tell the difference especially if you don't know much about it right and so the first thing is that you really have to start looking at something called your positioning you were talking about that so the mistake that a lot of contractors what they'll do is they'll start doing some kind of discount offer in like their marketing to try and get attention just trying to promote themselves and what that does is it actually like signals basically the people that you do discounts. And so then you tend to attract people who are a little bit more price sensitive or price oriented. And so on the flip side of that, let's say that you're a higher end contractor. Typically, some things that you can do in your marketing that I talk about in the book is positioning yourself as a higher end company. So what does that look like? Well, the first thing is that you want to take some really good before and after pictures of your work. This is something that not a lot of contractors focus on enough, in my opinion. And even if you have a couple really nice before and after pictures so people can see the transformation and see the detail, that's one thing that you can really do in your marketing to demonstrate to people that you are a higher end company. Another thing you can do too is just put a lot of work into your testimonials. Because like if people see those great pictures and then they see all these great testimonials, they're going to be a lot less sensitive to, okay, like what's the price? Like I just want to be able to spend this. Whereas when they read some of these testimonials and they see the work, they're going to be like, wow, this company, I want to work with this company because it looks like they take great pride in their work and all their testimonials. People are talking about how awesome the service is. And even if it's more personalized, right? Like they say your name, like 
They say, oh, it was great working with Dan or Bob or whatever, those types of things. And then the last thing, you know, from a marketing perspective is just having some kind of guarantee in your work. You know, a lot of contractors, what they'll do is they'll say like satisfaction guarantee or something like that, but they're not doing something what I call measurable quality. So what a measurable quality is, is like maybe an extended warranty offer where you're literally putting your money where your mouth is and you're saying, hey, we guarantee it for this time frame, or we'll come back and we'll fix it for you. No charge or, or whatever, right? And so these are some of the things you can do to add value. Another thing that I would recommend for a lot of painting contractors is to throw in a free color consultation. So now you're not discounting your work, but you're saying, hey, every job that we do comes with a color consultation. So that's another level of service that you can throw in that makes you perceived as there's more service involved and thus can justify higher fees. So those are some of the things you can do on a marketing side. Nice. What if they have kids? Can you say void warranty if they have children? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't cover any crayons writing on the wall. <laughs> Are there any specific places, any platforms, any different types of social media? Is there any strategies that you have for getting in front of customers who are maybe looking for something that's a little bit higher quality? Well, what I'll say is that places like Facebook groups or like Craigslist, Kijiji, like there's a pretty low barrier to entry of going on there. And typically the people who go on those types of places, not always, but they're looking for a deal. And so what I've found is obviously the best type of source of a job that you can get is from a referral, right? But if you're going outside of that and you're looking, okay, how can I generate new leads? Then what I find for lead generation is Google is usually the highest quality lead source because people are like searching for what you do through there, right? They'll type in best painting company in my city or whatever, right? Best painting contractor, yada, yada. So I would say that Google is probably the best quality source because people are searching through there with the intention of actually buying something. Whereas through Facebook, sometimes they'll just stumble upon it. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, like maybe I will want a quote or something like that. But maybe they're not necessarily the most serious type of buyer. So for that reason, I would say that Google is probably up there as a top platform for lead generation. You know, you mentioned referrals, which we all, I think, understand that that's a gold standard, right? But to what extent do referrals, if at all, perhaps protect you from encountering the price objection because it certainly seems like they do because somebody already told me this guy is great so i'm not going to be shocked by the price so how can you encourage more referrals but then also like i said dial into why referrals protect you from some of those price objections they're definitely not a guarantee from price objections right but really all a referral is doing is it's setting up the trust in the beginning right it's like there's that trust that's established because you're already recommended. So you basically have pre-positioning before the conversation even starts, right? So that's the main advantage that you have. And that's why referrals are so easy to close compared to, you know, just a cold lead. In terms of maximizing referrals, there's a couple things you can do. The first thing is just ask. I think that a lot of our clients and just contractors that we talk to, most of them don't actually even ask for referrals when they're finished the job. And it can be just a simple thing as like, hey, so I trust that you're happy with everything. Listen, it would mean the world to us if you could just give us a couple names. Like, who do you know 
who would be interested in maybe having their house painted as well. And just by simply asking at the end, you're going to be surprised of how many more referrals you're actually going to get. Another really cool strategy you can do as well to get referrals is every time that you do a job, we recommend, you know, you get five door hangers and it just says something like, hey, we're in the neighborhood. This is what we do. Here's our phone number. You maybe got a before and after picture on that door hanger and you hit five houses to the left and five houses to the right of the house that you're painting. And by doing that, because people know that you're in the area right now, you're a lot more likely. And then they're going to go over to Bob and Sally's house and say, hey, how's it going with that painting thing? Like, would you recommend them? And then that's how you can kind of stimulate more referrals from there. So I find that that strategy works really well as well. Emily, we like to cross-reference other podcasts that we've done that might even be mentioned in the podcast that we're doing. And did we not just do a podcast recently about referrals. I have a vague memory. We you did. have an excellent memory. <laughs> it was the end of last year. I have a weird ability to remember every podcast, but not where my keys are. So yes, we did one with Yanni Fakaris and Yanni is high end cabinet refinishing. And I, you know, he said the same thing. He said basically that too, if you're doing high end work, that it was really important to close the loop with those customers because people who are paying top dollar for your services will refer you to other people who aren't going to try to price gouge you because they kind of have this feeling that it could hurt their image if they like refer you to their really cheap friends and <laughs> they beat you up on price. But yeah, that was a really good, interesting podcast as well. And we talked a little bit about referrals, but we talked about Google too, you know, getting your leads from Google. Why do you think, Matt, that it's important that contractors are constantly searching for leads and not just waiting on those referrals, mm -hmm. just living off of the word of mouth, which is awesome, yeah. but there's a bigger universe out there. Yeah, absolutely. So like referrals are great, but the problem is, is that if you're not super intentional about stimulating referrals, then oftentimes you can find yourself in like maybe a dry season or maybe you feel like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel and you're getting by doing jobs that maybe they're paying the bills, but maybe not super profitable. Maybe you could be focusing on some work that's more profitable for you or the type of jobs that you want to be doing, right? And so you can survive off of just referrals alone if you want to be like a one-man show or maybe you got a couple helpers. But the thing is, is like if you actually want to start hiring employees, really growing, just being able to literally like cherry pick jobs so that you can be like, oh, that job, that's a great job. We want that. Okay, maybe not that one. Like if you want to be in the situation where not only are you taking on more work, but you're able to actually cherry pick the jobs that you want and really be taking on the jobs that you feel like are the most profitable or the most suitable for your company or whatever, then that's where advertising really comes into play. It also really helps you just, you know, not only are you getting jobs by doing advertising, but you're also really branding yourself and putting your name out there as well, which will also stimulate more referrals. Right now, we're in a time where there's quite a bit of demand for contracting. But the problem with that, that also comes that a lot of our clients are seeing too is that now anybody can just be like a contractor, right? So there's lower barrier to entry and people are just popping up and saying, hey, yeah, I'm a contractor too. And so now a lot of legitimate contractors who have been in the business for a long time 
are starting to get these price objections, are starting to struggle to close jobs because so-and-so is coming in and swooping in, undercutting them. And so this is why stuff like positioning and advertising and staying top of mind are super important now as well. When you said something really interesting in there about being able to cherry pick jobs, and Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important part because even though I know we're about to go over how to overcome this price objection, I think that one of the biggest things is that you also have to be able to walk away. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have enough leads, you can't walk because you need the work. So I think that that was an excellent point about having enough leads in your funnel to be able to walk away and say, Mm -hmm. no, sometimes if this person isn't willing to meet your price. Estimate Rocket is proud to sponsor this APC podcast. Chasing down invoices, dealing with difficult customers, answering employee questions, and worrying about the competition undercutting your prices can make it seem that you'll never be able to take a vacation again. When you implement Estimate Rocket, Everyone in your business can be on the same page. Jobs run more smoothly, costs are controlled, and every job is more profitable, no matter whether you're in the office or on the beach. Getting started is easy, and with their industry-best painting templates, you can hit the ground running, leaving more time for little Susie and less time battling the competition. Even better, Estimate Rocket offers a 30-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose except all that stress. Visit EstimateRocket.com today to find out how to spend less time dealing with the hassle and more time doing what you love. EstimateRocket.com Even if you've set yourself up, if it's a referral, if it's a an ad from Google or from somewhere else, is there any way that you recommend that people can set up their sales pitch in mm-hmm. a way that kind of heads off that price objection? Is there anything that Hmm. you can do to soften the blow or give them sort of a heads up as to a range that they're looking at so that maybe that price objection doesn't come up at the end? Yeah, absolutely. So there's something that we teach that's called the discovery call. So let's say that you get a lead that comes in from Google and you see like, you know, they'll leave a description. Hey, I want my house repainted. Great. So A lot of contractors, what they'll do is they'll just pick up the phone, chat with them real quick. Hey, where are you? I'll drive over. I'll do an estimate. And they spend all this time putting all this work together. And then finally, they present the end price to the person. And then the person's like sticker shocked. And they're like, whoa, like we were completely on different pages here. So what we recommend is when that lead comes in, you do a discovery call. And what that looks like is basically you pick up the phone and you start asking questions. You start saying, Whereabouts in the city are you located? Okay, you're located here. What exactly are you looking to get done? Okay, you're looking to get this done. And what's your timeline like? Just curious. What does that look like? Okay. Um, have you ever worked with a professional contractor before or is this your first time? Okay, yeah, you've worked with one before. Sure. And then what you kind of want to do is gather as much information as you can to really start painting a picture of, A, is this a type of job that I want to be taking on right now? Like, is it worth our time? And then B, based off of everything they say, you say, okay, based off of everything that you told me, I think we're looking around this range. We're looking at around the 12,000 to 8,000 mark or whatever it is. But you kind of want to give them a general range of like, this is the range that you're looking at to get this job done. So if I come in, we do some measurements, we talk a little bit more about maybe the type of paint you want or the type of work you want. Is that something that we could fit into your budget? 
you're going to know really quick if they say, oh, wow, I was thinking that it was going to be this. Like, that's way more expensive than I was thinking. Oh, okay. So if you're thinking that it would be that, we could totally make that work. However, we'd have to do X, Y, Z to accommodate that type of budget just based off of this and this. So if we could do that, would that work for you? So then you're kind of working backwards from there. So that's the discovery call. You're not trying to get a yes or a no, but you're just trying to align where they're at in terms of their budget. So then if they say, yeah, you know, I could make like 8,000 work. We could make that work. Okay, perfect. Cool. When would be a good time for me to come over? We can do a more detailed and I'll give you an exact quote. So that's kind of, I think, the main thing that a lot of contractors could benefit from. So you've got the discovery call, you put in all the legwork, you use all these best practices, but of course, sometimes an ounce of prevention just doesn't work and you still get hit with the price objection. So there you are, you're in front of the customer objecting to the price. What do you do there? Because there are different types of objections. You know, some is simply surprise and others are truly objectionable. Like I object to that price, it's too high or boy, that's higher than I expected. So do you educate the customer? What do you do when you get hit with that objection? Hmm. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing that I always recommend is just having the mindset that sales is fair. So it's kind of just coming at it from both sides of being of like fairness, right? So the first thing you can do is like you mentioned is, so let's say they say, wow, that's really expensive. Be like, first, what you want to do is acknowledge it and say, yeah, I agree. Like it, it is pretty expensive, right? We're a quality company. We do great work and therefore we do charge a little bit more. So you first you're recognizing, yes, I agree with you. Cause if you don't agree, then they're going to be like, Oh, this yeah. guy's just trying to disagree with me. So yeah. first things first, you just got to agree and say, yeah, I agree with you. It, it is pretty expensive, you know, $7,000. Like that's a lot of money. And then the next thing you want to say is, so I'm just curious, like, did it align with what the price that you had in mind? And then they're going to say, because this is a price objection, they're going to say, no, I didn't actually. You know, it's $7,000. I thought it was going to be $4,000 or $3,000, whatever. And then you're going to say something like, oh, wow, okay, $3,000. Well, you know, based off of a $3,000 budget, so now we're going into the education where then you say, well, the materials alone would be 3000 So I actually wouldn't even get paid or something like that, you know? So now you're just basically educating based off of that price. So then once you educate them, then you say, so does that make a little bit more sense now? So you're kind of working backwards from being like, I agree with you. And then you say that price, obviously that doesn't work. So what did you think it was going to be? And then, okay, you think it's going to be 3000 Well, the, here's the reason why it is 7000 And then you just want to ask again, basically. So based off of all of that, do you think that that could work for you now that you know that that's the case? So basically what we call that is the yes ladder, where basically you acknowledge and you say, is that the price that you had in mind? So then if they say, yeah, that's the price that I had in mind, I just need to think about it or I just need to talk to my wife or something like that. Then you say, yeah, totally cool. You can talk to your wife or you can think about it. So then the next thing that you want to do is you want to start looking at, okay, so the price works for you. Are we the company that you want to work with? So it's like the price works now, but the reason that they're saying like, I need to think about it is because there's something else in that process that still is unanswered, right? It's like, maybe I don't trust you. Maybe it's that it really is a price objection and they're trying to look in for some other ways. So really what you want to do is first agree with them, get an understanding where they're at with price educate them, 
ask again. If they still say, I need to think about it, then say, yeah, you can totally think about it. And then you want to go back into saying like, so you reached out to us, like when, when are you thinking really? So basically for that price, we can paint the bottom half of your house and you'll have a really cool two tone look, a living, breathing before and after shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, pretty much. You mentioned leads before. I know that's a big part of your strategy, of your process. You've got a lot of strategies when it comes to leads. So it's it's hard to quantify something like this because there are contractors of all different sizes doing all types of work. But to the extent that you can, talk a bit about what you think a contractor should be expecting as far as leads, I don't know, per week or per month, how, how yeah. you try to gauge the quality of a marketing program. Yeah. So like we like to start our clients off as at least 20 to 30 qualified leads a month. So like, I think that's a great place to start because then from there we can start seeing what your closing ratio is like. Right. So once you're at 20 to 30 leads a month, our typical client, we want to at least have a minimum closing ratio of at least 30%. So if you're not getting 30%, if you get lower, then what we need to start looking at is like, okay, like, are you just sending the quotes over through email or are you picking up the phone and like going over through them? How can we kind of fix the sales process to bump it up to 30 or, or more? Right. And so we like to start off around 20 to 30. And then if that's going well, and then we start scaling from there, then we start scaling it depending on how many people are on their team. But usually I recommend to start around 20 to 30 solid leads a month and then start growing it from there. The thing is though, is that, a lot of the time you can start sending leads to a contractor and say, Hey, we're going to send you these leads. But a lot of contractors don't have the foundation set up on the back end to be able to make the most out of those leads. So before we even start sending those off to them, we say, do you even have a CRM in place though? So like what a CRM is, is a customer relationship management tool. Well, basically what that is, is where we can store those leads and like follow up with them track them. The thing is, is that oftentimes contractors are so busy trying to deliver on all of these promises and call these leads, set the appointments, blah, 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 that a lot of times people will fall through the cracks. And so we want to make sure that there's a CRM set up because maybe if you're relying only off of referrals, you might not need a CRM. But as soon as you start doing advertising, you're going to get a lot more leads coming your way, you want to be able to track those leads and follow up with them properly, right? Know the status of them so that when you wake up in the morning, you can open up your CRM and look and, oh, okay, I've got these people to follow up with. Let's see. So more often than not, when we first started, we would just be sending leads and doing our marketing. But then I realized there's a lot of foundational infrastructure that needs to be in place in order to really maximize that return. That makes perfect sense. Love that. I also love, you said you, I don't know if you said you have a new book, but I know you have a book. Tell us about your book, Matt. What's it about? Yeah, so the book's called Digital Marketing Secrets for Contractors. And basically what it is, is it's seven steps to be able to start generating leads online. So I go through what we talked about earlier, like setting up all this positioning stuff, because it's like, there's so many contractors who will just try and do advertising and then they'll say, oh, it doesn't work. But the reason is, is because they haven't done a lot of the foundational work first to be able to make it work for them. So this book is a systematic process, basically, that just walks you through like from step one to step seven, 
what do you have to do in order to set up a system like this? So you're starting to get these quality leads coming in. And at the end of the book, I go through some case studies too. So you can kind of see some examples of clients that we've taken, implement the system for, and then the result from that. So the book, I really wrote it just because right now, obviously things are shifting a lot more online. And so it's kind of like a roadmap for contractors to pick up. It's written in plain, simple language that you can understand. And, um, just to be able to educate and help the community so that people can really sink their teeth into this stuff. Heck yeah. Where can contractors find that? Yeah. So if you want the paperback copy, you can get it on Amazon. But for this podcast, I'm giving away the ebook and the audiobook for free. So nice. if you go to um, www.contractormarketingbook.com, you can get it for free there. Contractormarketingbook.com. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for the, uh, my pleasure. Thanks for the freebie. It pays to listen to the APC podcast. Matt Tebow, CEO of Savant Marketing Agency. Check them out, savantmarketingagency.com. Like I said, we love to hear new ideas, fresh perspectives when it comes to marketing, and you certainly provided that. Thank you for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me. More podcasts, paintmag.com. There's been a bit of a delay on the new section about Andrew's life today. It's really going to give you a behind-the-scenes look at everything I'm up to. There's been a lot of demand for it. We're doing our best. Be patient, people. There's a supply chain problem, and we're understaffed. So show some grace, but it'll be up soon. PaintMag.com. Have a great day. Have a great day.